you know, people used to share in secret um, so that they could um, work, you know, magic or, or manifestation to, to change their lives when it really wasn't even allowed to change your life or circumstance. It used to be dangerous to talk about things like this. And so I'm so grateful that we can share about the mysteries, that we can weave them into our lives in an open way, and that we can um, bring it forward to others. Just feels so good. And I'm so grateful. Are you in for a treat or what? I am so delighted and so excited to share with you the second episode of Welcoming Wealth Through the Mysteries with my dear, dear friend, Aurora Wellis, who I just absolutely adore. Today, we talk about two genius ways for you to work with the mysteries, deepen your practice with the mysteries, and really to dis demystify what it actually means to work with the mysteries and also to welcome wealth through the mysteries. We really define two powerful terms. We give you practical steps that you can take to work with these terms that we share. I'm not going to share them with you now. Um, and we also talk about something that I think is really fascinating. So when Aurora describes one of the things that we're speaking about today, I know I'm so like mystical, aren't I? But when she describes one of the, the, um, experiences that we talk about today, she talks about, you know, these entities and how these entities can really get into your mind or really get into your body and they start to take over and create negative synchronicities or negative experiences in your life or these repeated patterns or just really uncomfortable, terrible situations that you're like, why does this keep happening, right? These entities. And after we were done with the episode, I was like, you know, I really see those entities as parasites, as these like parasitic experiences that attach themselves to our life force and to our, our lives and they benefit, but we don't. And we give you a practice on how to clear these parasitic entities out of your life experience. Oh my gosh, I know, so exciting, right? Who does not want to be talking about parasitic entities on a Tuesday? If it's not Tuesday, when you're listening to this, then whatever day. <laughs> and yeah, we we deep dive into some of the wounds that come up around expressing yourself around allowing yourself to be fully enmeshed in the mysteries and then be seen, right? Say there's some imposter syndrome in your life, or who do I think I am to share this? And we talk about the witch wound, the medicine, what uh, medicine woman wound, you know, and how there is ancestral trauma, or maybe even just the overcultural trauma that tells you that you are not safe if you share these things. And if you are, if this resonates with you, you're going to love this episode. We both share our own personal experiences with this. And Aurora talks about her experience going through my program, Unblocked Channel. If you haven't already done Unblocked Channel, now is the time. The link is in the show notes below. Please go check it out. I have gotten rave reviews again and again and again from all of the people who have reached out to tell me about it. There are over 
57 people enrolled at this point. So if you are like, okay, should I do unblocked channel? I feel like I'm getting the tingles to do unblocked channel. Just trust yourself. Listen to your intuition. Trust your tingles. It will definitely push you outside of your comfort zone, but in all the best ways. Okay, so without further ado, I give you my beautiful conversation with my dear, dear friend, Aurora Wallace, on Welcoming Wealth Through Mysteries. This is Welcoming Wealth, spiritual nourishment for the magical soul. This podcast is for the coach, healer, mystical creative, who is in it for more than just the money. I'm your host, Meg Thompson, on a mission to support fellow powerful humans to step into your worthiness, deservingness, and to welcome more wealth. Welcome, everybody. I am excited to do another deep dive with my dear friend and soul sister, Aurora Wallis. Aurora, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Meg. Thank you. And hello, everybody. It's so great to be back with you. Yeah. So this is our Welcoming Wealth Through the Mystery series. Aurora and I are going to be collaborating monthly to dive in this way. And um, it just feels really fun and juicy. And I just want to thank everybody who has reached out to either Aurora or I or both to let us know um, how you how much you enjoyed our last episode. I got a lot of messages from people saying that it really resonated or they loved how Aurora and I could finish each other's sentences and how beautiful and nourishing that was. And I know you received some messages as well. Yeah, I I also um, received messages um, that spoke about um, the cadence that we hold and um, really, really sweet that the way that we were describing our personal experience was really touching and kind of revealing for some people, um, welcoming them into their exploration of the mysteries. And I was so grateful for everyone who reached out as well. So nice to um, feel that contact of impact. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And the same goes for this episode. You know, it is such a, if this is a conversation, of course, it's a conversation between Aurora and I, but with the intent for it to land for you, right? We want you to feel this weave into your own experience with the mystery and I know my intention is that you walk away from listening to this episode and feel enlivened and feel those mini or maybe massive aha moments that you can start to integrate whatever practices you've been doing in your own life into a deeper, um, more beneficial way. So you can feel like, yes, I am actually doing the work. I don't have to be perfectly healed and whole first in order to live or receive or get XYZ, because I feel like that is a big fat lie that the mega house of the self-help industry has really sold to a lot of people that you need to be something first. Like it's, I call it the if then paradigm, right? You have to, if I'm this, 
then I get this, right? If I'm perfectly healed and whole, then I will dance in the great mystery and I will welcome all kinds of wealth. And Aurora and I both know that that is a giant crock of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Meg. I love that, like your candidness about um, how the mysteries are accessible for everybody and how um, these uh, myths of unworthiness have run through, you know, industries, of course, like the self-help industry, um, but also, you know, through overculture within ancestral trauma. Um, and then, you know, we become the carriers of those beliefs. So in a lot of ways, I like, you know, I like to think of this work reaching people as um, a way of becoming empowered and stop to carry the stories that are, you know, making, um, me or you or any of the listeners, um, you know, subject to um, that kind of brainwashing that you're describing, where they would tell us that we're not right, or we can't, or that the mysteries aren't real. Uh, And the other thing that I want to say really quickly before we jump into the like bulk of our our talk is you know, that I I believe everyone is accessing the mysteries and these are teachings and ways of being that were guarded um, by all of our ancestors um, over the last eon as um, culture has changed and just what a privilege it is. You know, people used to share in secret um, so that they could um, work, you know, magic or, or manifestation to, to change their lives when it really wasn't even allowed to change your life or circumstance. It used to be dangerous to talk about things like this. And so I'm so grateful that we can share about the mysteries, that we can weave them into our lives in an open way, and that we can um, bring it forward to others. Just Mm, yeah, thank you, Aurora, for bringing that up too. Because I think that that is such like I let we're going to dive into some really kind of nuts and bolts uh, pieces today. But I want to really deep uh, deepen what you just shared a little bit more, and and how so many, especially if you have been diving into the healing work for a while, if you are a coach, if you are have been exploring this there can feel almost like there is a spell on you preventing you from being seen, from being heard. And that spell often looks, tastes, sounds like imposter syndrome. Mm. And it's not, it's not, you know, and I dove really deeply into this in um, Unblocked Channel, but I want to share that just this like alternative viewpoint of what if it never was imposter syndrome at all? And what if it is you protecting something sacred? And when we can walk that path of honoring that maybe it's not that I'm broken or that I'm wrong or that I don't have the right like strategy to put myself out into the world. Maybe it's not that at all. Maybe it's something much deeper in you are protecting something beautiful and sacred and your lineage has been protecting that for like Aurora said, eons. And now you are activated in this lifetime to show up and share it because it is needed. And Mm. there is like a deep throat chakra piece that comes into that 
around being really afraid of vocalizing it and having an almost a visceral fear. And Aurora, I'd love for you to speak to this if this resonates with you, but this visceral fear that harm will come to you if you step up and if you share these things. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, I did your unblocked channel and I thought it was excellent. And any of the listeners who haven't done it, um, jump on that. It's amazing. Um, and it really, it really touched me. No, I mean, Meg, you and I worked together so closely and have shared a lot about this, um, in our work under the apple tree. Um, but you really brought it forward in such a beautiful way to clear, um, a particular ancient, um, spell that was in the throat. And, um, I've, I've, I've experienced this, um, several times I've gone through several portals of initiation around recognizing that my fear of being seen was a wound, um, from a past life or a collective, um, holding, um, where being, um, being someone who has come to carry the mysteries and medicine and magic lifetime after lifetime, um, I have had a lot of wounding around, either myself being hurt or people that I love being hurt or having to run and hide um, because these truths were being um, routed out of our lexicon of being as, um, as culture. And, um, and we were um, being entrained into, um, you know, this lineage of ancestral trauma um, lineages of um, displaced, um, uh, bodies and, you know, um, trauma of, um, moving into territories that weren't ours originally. And of course, hurting and displacing people in that the traumas of war, there's been so many things that have been layered into us, um, on top of, um, not being allowed to speak, um, the truth about, um, the deep, um, connection that we all have a birthright to have with the invisible realms, with the spirit realms, and even with the living natural realm, with the with the actual world coming back alive and earth becoming a living being, not just earth, but every um, every bit of air, every bit of water, fire, um, earth, and ether all being alive that are creating this um this world into existence. So yeah, I mean, I would say that, you know, my feeling is that if anyone's going through that, like unblocked channel is a wonderful, wonderful way to um, move a lot of energy. It can be pretty triggering to move that energy. And uh, some of the practices that we'll be talking about today are great ways of working with that kind of um, elevated uh, nervous system or emotional state that can come through um, shifting these um wounds that, um, are from, you know, the witch wound or from the medicine woman wound or the wise woman wound, um, the mystery keeper wound. Um, yeah. So these practices that we're sharing today, I think will help a lot. And, you know, just saying, you know, that you're not alone, we're, we're all doing this and it's very important to do it because right now we are in a time where the world is changing. It's been, you know, known it's been prophesized that will um will shift things and create a well culture and create a phenomenon that um feels 
good, where we belong and where, um, where we can create intact lineages again and um, be held by this beautiful, alive spirit um, embodied experience of being a human being here on earth and the earth will heal with us. So that's my, my core belief is that as we do this work and we heal these past life traumas or these um, current life um, blockages um, and it all weaves together, we're doing it for this greater purpose of healing those around us in resonance, right? That they'll entrain with us because the frequency is so good. It's, it's um, magnetic. It's alluring. It's attractive. It's good. It feels really good to get your soul and your body and remove remove these blocks and, and let the world be alive again. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love everything that you shared there. And I feel like it's such a beautiful bridge into what we're going to be speaking about today, which is, you know, really just demystifying the terminology that we work with when we're talking about weaving into the mystery or, you know, doing your work, like, what does that actually mean? So we're going to start with the term that I actually get asked all the time. Well, what does that mean? How do I do that? And it's grounding. Grounding. We're getting grounded into the mystery or getting grounded before you do spiritual work. Or you sent me the funniest meme, or I guess it's a meme, right? Meme <laughs> reel of this woman. She was like trying to spray down her... <laughs> spray down her car, you know, at those like car wash things. And and it was like, what it's like to do spiritual work when you're ungrounded. And she went to spray and like, literally, she was probably like 92 pounds and the water sprayed her and she like was flipping around and rolling around and and like covered from head to toe, soaking wet and just like totally thrown off. Mm. And that is such a beautiful example of what it's like, even not just doing spiritual work, like living life as a highly sensitive being. Mm-hmm. ungrounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so would you like to start and share what your definition of grounding is or what a practice is for you to ground? Yeah, I would love that. Um, um, thanks for sharing that funny story that, um, I, I think I've lived through that. I've actually lived through that. <laughs> um, so, you know, of course, grounding is an antidote to that kind of really um, scattered or um, kind of wafy, like um, toss aroundable type energy um, where we can start to become sovereign. And in addition, I believe that it also connects us, you know, into the earth and, and, um, we have chakras in the earth. We have a, a a chakra that my guides call the flow star, which is our legs. And they call it our legs in the earth. And it's massive. It goes all the way into earth's heart. And then at earth's heart or earth's core, we have the earth star chakra, which is almost like a godlike chakra connecting with earth. So we're always connected with earth and um when we ground we can get access to that um stability that strength that deep heart connection of actually becoming an earthling again and and what my experience was of belonging of feeling this utter um 
transition from being this solitary person who's living one life and walking around and trying to do everything and trying, 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 and then get tossed around by the weather or getting tossed around by the energetic weather or getting tossed around by the politics or, you know, even by family dynamics and instead becoming someone who was so much bigger and had so much more resource and um, can connect into, you know, those mycelial networks can connect into the, the earth and that deep loving stone and all that time that's in the earth. And um, so there's that. And then it just like, it, it's a huge discharge for me, you know? So most of the time with grounding at this point, it's um, what I do before all of my practices and I, I do it with the power of my intention as a somatic meditation. So I imagine my um, my energy coming down through my root. You know, usually I'll start like in my heart and I'll start coming down through my lower chakras and I'll try and align, you know, the solar plexus and the sacral and the root and then really spend a little time in that root and let it get a little bigger, clear anything out of there. The hips and the root are an area of my life where typically I've taken a lot of things on from other people. So it's always really nice to like really just clear that as I'm going down, come into my legs, kind of ask my legs, is there anything you're ready to let go of? Honor how much they carry, honor how much they serve me and um, allow me to move and connect with others. And then come down through my feet. And I love really feeling those feet get alive and feeling them like kind of energetically light up. It's always um, such a great um, validation that the consciousness and the imagination and the intention are working together when you feel those, um, those lights in your feet. And then I go down into the earth and um it really depends on the day. Um, if it's kind of quick, if I just like whoop, right all the way down into earth's heart and feel it, or sometimes I spend more time in each layer of the earth and really feel those root systems, really feel that mycelial network. Um, and I just let myself get real big and really deep and really grounded and really still. And in earth's heart, I find there that a lot of alignment can happen. So it's basically like, it's almost like my spine becomes bigger and it goes all the way into the earth. And then earth's resonance and magnetism can just shift a lot of stuff out of my body that I didn't need to be holding. And I feel capable of having presence and doing the work. Yes. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that practice. And I I feel like you touched on everything really beautifully. And I my, I would say my um my definition or my take on it is exactly what you're saying, right? It is I love this sense of belonging. When you ground, it's also take for me, it takes us and my clients out of that like neck up state right? We live so much of our society has been so neck up for so long. Overthinking town. Is anyone familiar with that stop at overthinking town where you're like, wow, I've been like running this thought through my head all day long. I think it's like humans have an average of 70,000 thoughts a day. Um, And so for me, when I ground a really simple practice just to start with, if you don't have a lot of time or space is breathing 
through your nose, right? And really inhaling in through your nose, exhaling out through your nose, regulating your breathing. I'd say that's like a first layer of grounding. You're grounding into your body, regulating your nervous system through the breath. The breath Mm -hmm. is such a power. It is the powerhouse of nervous system regulation. Even thinking if you're driving a car and somebody cuts you off and instead of being like, you mother, insert whatever nice thing you want to say to that person, um, can you bring the breath instead? Bring your shoulders away from your ears, check them down your back, come back into your body and breathe. That somatic experience. It takes us out of the fight, flight, freeze nervous system response that our brilliant body is so so, um, so attuned to, right. Ready to protect us, ready to support us, ready to help us. So I'd say like at the most basic level, grounding is breathing, Mm. you know, and then for me, then I can move it, you know, from the breath, moving that down more into the bodily sensations. I love to come to the feet, uh, something that you could, another practice that you can do if it's nice outside is take off your socks, take off your shoes and walk around barefoot on the earth. So mm-hmm. simple, so achievable, probably not ideal to do in the winter, unless you are really into Wim Hof and you want cold feet. Um, but <laughs> you know, whatever works for you. And then, uh, for me, grounding is a really great way to access those vaster parts of self, right? So when we talk about the mysteries or when we talk about accessing like your soul self or your, a lot of people like to call it your higher self. I'm not really down with that terminology because it kind of puts it in a hierarchy. I don't see it as your higher self. I see it as your vaster, more expansive self. And I love what you said, Aurora, about being able to tap into all of these things, spirit, being able to tap into the animate world, earth, you know, really building up that relationship with it. Um, So for me, I actually, I work a little bit backwards to what Aurora was sharing about her sending her roots down through her body. I actually pull up roots from earth. So I imagine, you know, if I'm in meditation, I will imagine pulling up like a grounding cord. I'll clear anything that I've had already. And I'll pull up a grounding cord from the center of earth, the earth star chakra. I imagine often it being like molten lava and this like fresh, you know, almost can be anything energy and let anything positive, like, you know, lava creates earth uh, coming all the way up into my root. And then I like to place a mushroom at the edge of my um, auric field or energetic body. And that acts as a filtration system because so often we are taking on other people's energies, especially if you are highly sensitive, you feel the room, you feel the people in the room, you feel the things that people in the room aren't saying, but feeling it's like, oh my God, I don't want to feel everybody's feelings for them. So I really love to access and um, activate my, my boundary around my energetic field. And so I I love to utilize the mushroom as that because mushrooms are amazing. And that's just my my thing. You don't have to do that, but I love it. Um, And then I let that take up the full width and breadth of my auric, the base of my auric field. And then I'll bring that up through my feet and I'll bring it up through the base of my spine to the root chakra. And then exactly what Aurora was saying, I start to let go and release anything that um, isn't mine or that I'm ready to let go of. And I also often 
send a little prayer to earth for gratitude for always being like my number one mama. You know, my mom's pretty great. She's, she's there for me, but you know, that like real grounding earth mama, like I got you. Um, and, and grounding I'd say is like the foundational work for mystery work. Like if you are not grounded, if you're not grounding, you are going to be reacting to life, not responding to life. You are mm-hmm. going to be activated in your nervous system and not in a good way. Like, oh, I'm expanding the edges of my nervous system. More like, why am I in this fucking position again with these goddamn blah, 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 you know, like just the things. So grounding is a number one tool that you want to have in your tool belt and you want to utilize every single day. And you want to utilize probably like several times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned earthing Meg, because that's, that's such a big deal. And I don't know where I saw, you know, I'm not, I love science. I'm not, I don't need science to validate um, the practices, but it always is nice to have more than one voice in the room. And so um, this uh, experiment that's been done with looking at blood cohesion and taking blood and seeing kind of a sporadic kind of quality to the way that the molecules are arranged and then standing with bare feet on the earth for 45 minutes and taking this blood from the same person and the, the blood being completely, um, like coherent, like in beautiful, um, kind of more gridded and beneficial, um, patterns. Yeah. So it's, it works and, you know, we're earthlings. Like <laughs> that's the thing with grounding. It's like, Oh, I became an earthling again. <laughs> Thank God. Totally. totally. <laughs> Not sure what I was like prior, <laughs> but you know, in the world it's stirring us up. It's like constantly trying to prove to us that everything isn't okay. That it's, you know, in that turmoil is the only thing. And that if you're not completely, you know, um, overwhelmed by everything, then you're not actually like being a good person somehow. And it's, it's not true. It's just Mm -hmm. not true. You have the total birthright to be here to, um, to, uh, feel good in your body and to ground with mother earth. And it, it just takes that action. Like you described, you just have to take those breaths and use that consciousness and decide, okay, I'm going to allow myself to, to ground and digest and experience. Yeah. Amen. I couldn't said it better myself. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and this so like seamlessly brings us to a next terminology, you know, which is embodiment. We hear embodiment tossed around all the time. Become embodied. You want to be your most embodied self in your content creation. Like, okay, what, how do I become fully embodied? So I would love to hear your take on embodiment and really, I'm like, I'm so excited for you to share because I have a really excited feeling of what it's going to, what you're going to say. But I'm not going to say it. I'm going to let you say it because I love how articulate you are. So uh, over well, to you, thank you. Are you sure you don't want to share first on this one? Yeah. I I'm like, cannot wait for you to start talking about it. <laughs> well, embodiment is essentially the thing that like lights me up the most. I feel like it's where all the sparks start to really fly for me. And, you know, um, <clears throat> partially, I think it's because for me, it was like, I lived out of my body for my fucking whole life. Like, and <clears throat> 
and not, not, I'm not trying to judge myself. It was just that I had not learned any boundaries and I, you know, um, essentially just thought, I think I thought that everyone was just living outside their body. It's, it's an energetic kind of phenomenon. And, um, you know, my work now really revolves around, um, my soul being in my body and um, helping others to um, find their consent points or meet their resistance around where they're holding beliefs that are telling them that they can't get their, their soul in their body. Also with some of the journey work I do um, you know, there's soul retrieval because sometimes we will actually leave a part of our soul in certain places around these what we would call middle realms or, um, you know, the, uh, the like invisible energetic parts of our lived experience. And we actually have to go back and get it. Um, but when we're embodied, um, we basically become a lot simpler is one of my experiences. It's living from the heart. So my, my truest way of getting embodied, if I ever feel like, oh my God, my, my head is like, you know, I'm thinking all these other people's thoughts. I'm up in the, like, you know, Megan, I've also done a lot of work around um, these upper chakras too. So there's this radiant chakra that uh, my guides call the legs above the head that go all the way up through the multiverse to the soul star, which is the chakra that we hold in the center of the mysteries or in source and in God's heart and eyes. And that, that chakra that's above our head can become really crowded with um, the collective consciousness. It's intended as a chakra to connect us to the ethereal um, collective consciousness of, of humanity. And it's been overwritten with a lot of, um, let's just call it bullshit, that makes us often feel like we need to run around and, and buy stuff or um, chase this other thing and, and, and not be right or involved in other people's conflict, attracted to drama. Um, and that, that stuff will, will um, much like being ungrounded, keep you spinning, you know, um, all day. And you can even be grounded and then be affected by these thought forms that are moving through space, essentially. So um, embodiment is an antidote for that. And it can keep you in your sovereignty. And um, I just touch my heart. I touch my heart. I ask myself, am I in my heart? And usually I can hear and see and almost smell like a change in the air around me. I can feel my own um, ether essences kind of coming back in. Um, my tone of voice will change and become more resonant. <laughs> I feel like it just happened. <laughs> you know, and um it then creates a space where I can really do what is, you know, my passion, which is journey work for self and others, um, Akashic work, um, shadow work, um, holding space for other people's consent to their growth and healing and um, expansion. Because I'm actually in my own heart and then in my own nervous system um, yeah, so getting into the heart and asking, come back into my body, please. I just want to be here. I want to live in my heart. I want all of me and only me in my body. 
that's the that's the key to embodiment it's me and only me and then you know of course after saying that i mean maybe this is the little nugget you're looking for the other part was that how many entities used to live in my body <laughs> like when i wasn't in it um i was a vessel you know we're 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 vessels that's what the body is designed to be and it's designed to have our soul and only our soul in it. But when our soul is off busy, you know, ruminating about the past or worrying about a conflict that we got into with someone at work or upset about something else and it's it's off and and um often very intelligently kind of avoiding the body because if the body has had trauma and pain, then it can be hard to be in the body. And the other thing is that what can happen with that trauma and that pain is that we get these sort of entity attachments. Um, and then they are somehow taking up space in our body other than us. And, and often my experience was creating fucking problems. <laughs> so starting fights or, you know, um, just patterns that are not beneficial is the way that I, I like to look at that now. So in, initially, embodiment for me was a little bit harder than it is now. I had some clearing to do of my own energy being and a lot of work to do around relief um, from patterns that were cultivated in trauma. Yeah. And I worked with you a lot. I worked with my guides. I worked with a couple other healers, my mentor, um, but the heart piece and asking for me and only me is really like the anchor point um, where my body started to become safe for my soul to live in it. And where I was able to let go of a lot of beliefs around, let's say unworthiness or um, not being good enough. You know, I had a core belief that I had cultivated as a child that was, I was bad and that everything was my fault. And that, so, you know, as I started to become embodied and live in my heart, I was able to find those beliefs and basically pick them out of my system like an apple and throw them out and just, you know, consciously say, this belief doesn't work for me. I want this body to be a safe place for me. And so, you know, the, the embodiment really um, creates the fireworks, creates the sparks. It helps me know when I'm in the right place, when I'm taking the right direction, it becomes essentially my own di divination tool when I'm mm -hmm. embodied. Yeah. And, you know, it's an ask really. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. And I, I love that. I like, I love that you share your path to embodiment because it can feel so isolating being disembodied. Yeah. And, and I would say like 90% of people walk around disembodied, right? It's like, it is so um, marketed in our overculture to buy into disembodied belief systems. And it really takes like a going against the grain of all of the noise externally and coming in like, I, I remember when I first started becoming embodied, I was really deep into like meditating. That's like when I first started meditating, I was like going in and I meditated for like 45 minutes every day. And, it, and it just, for me, I felt like my whole heart space, like my two hands were opening up my whole center into the universe. 
And I was pouring back into the universe within me. I was pouring back into the universe within me. And I too have navigated such challenges with feeling disembodied. And one of my, my favorite things to say is I'm calling me back to me. Mm -hmm. I'm calling all of the parts and pieces of me back to me and allowing myself to be a safe space for them to live for those parts to live because I, all the parts of me are not pretty and perfect, right? They're not all roses and rainbows. There's like, you know, I can be a real true asshole. And I, I acknowledge that in myself and, and the more for me, embodiment has been, and it's great because it's going to bring us into shadow work, but embodiment has been allowing myself to love up on all of the parts of self that I have exiled to shame Island that I felt like weren't worthy, weren't good enough, weren't smart enough, weren't um, capable enough, you know, or were too big, too loud, too obnoxious, you know? And I'd say my dance with embodiment is, um, is just that a dance. Mm. So yes, meditation is a, like for me, a master practice to being in my body, but yoga is hands down the number one tool that gets me in my body and continues over. Like now we're talking probably 15 years of doing yoga continues to bring me into my body. And, and that is because sometimes with meditation, you know, yes, I'm coming into my body. Yes, I'm doing that. But my mind can still be quite active and I can mm-hmm. still be kind of up and out of my body. Right. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm trying to ground, even when I was like, for me, especially if I've been experiencing a lot of challenges in my external life, getting into a, like a deeply seated meditation space is quite difficult. Mm-hmm. And so um, rigorous exercise. And I, I, you know, it can be any exercise really, but for me, yoga is such a beautiful practice because it's brings the breath. It brings your, you know, it brings your soul through the breath back into your body. And then you're holding poses for an extended amount of time. And you're like, I don't want to be here, but you like, you remember that it's only like three to five breaths and it builds resilience. And like, and I love, there's so much science about like how that does build resilience. Um, but yeah, I would say yoga is such a huge embodiment practice. And then for me, embodiment, isn't just like a lived state all day, every day, right? Maybe that's the goal. And maybe we could actually switch out embodiment to enlightenment and like you've Mm -hmm. arrived, right? But for me, embodiment is like a, a repeat. Um, I don't know. It's like, I come back to it again and again. It's yeah. not like a constant. I'm always embodied. It's like, a, oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like I'm actually not in my body right now. I'm going to mm-hmm. like come home to me. I'm going to place my hand on my heart. Or for me, I'll be like stating what I'm doing. I'm driving the car right now. Mm-hmm. I am sitting in the car, you know? Um, because like you said, life is loud and there is a lot externally that'll scream to you. You need to be doing this and you need to be doing this and you need to be engaged with all of the trials and tribulations of humanity or else you're not a good person. And the reality is that that is just not true. Yeah. Well, and the magic lives in the body, like that we're, we're designed to be a soul woven into the body. And, you know, when we like, 
one of the things that the seraphim say is that when we get our full soul back in, that's when we'll be creating, you know, heaven on earth. So I do believe that what you just said, that, that an embodiment can lead to that, like, you know, Ooh, enlightenment. Like, and, you know, I remember thinking I'm not worthy of enlightenment. That's so egotistical for me to want that. And, and that, you know, the seraphim were like, what makes you think that? Like, why, why do you think that? And I realized that was some bullshit belief that was handed down through, um, the way that enlightenment had been turned into like the person who spent their entire life off on the mountain, and really like my, my favorite guides who were, you know, masters are ones who lived in the world with the people, um, and were able to hold that frequency of love. Right. Mm-hmm. And it begins mm-hmm. with ourselves. So I love that embodiment practice because we begin to love ourselves. And the other thing that can happen when we're really embodied is we get to see the animus in the world, like the actual world, the living world. And suddenly our body can become so big. It's like you're in your body and you become the trees, you become the sunshine, you become the air. And that's where magic happens. That's where the magic really, really happens. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I really want to be mindful of time because I know that you have to wrap up. And so I'm going to foreshadow a little bit and say that on our next Welcoming Wealth Through the Mysteries series, we're going to dive into this more deeply and we're going to talk about shadow work, the Akashic records, and how this can weave into the mystery. And I'm sure you already feel, you know, even just talking about grounding and embodiment or (laughs) enlightenment, you know, what, (laughs) what is actually happening here and how you are already woven into the mystery. You've never been separate from it. And there can be like this warm, beautiful, welcoming home when you remember through these practices that you have never been and you will never be separate from the great mystery. Oh, thank you, Meg. I feel like you were just speaking to me. I got tears in my eyes when you said that. Like, yay, I'm so glad I'm a part of all of this. I love being here. I love being alive with all of you. And it's an honor to share in this way. Thank you so much, Meg, for having me. Thank you to everyone who's listening. And I can't wait to talk about shadow work with you next time. (laughs) I know it's so exciting. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you everybody. Thank you, Aurora. I love you so much. And you know, if you enjoyed this episode, let us know, you can always reach out. Um, I am Meg Thompson on Instagram or at lawless botanics on Instagram, or you can email us, whatever, go to our websites, uh, and also take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and tag us. So it's always a great way to not only share that you love the episode, but also share with your community, because I'm sure there's people in your community who are like, oh, I wish I had an episode to teach me about grounding. <laughs> wow. Here it is. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so, so much for being here and have the most wonderful day and Bye, everyone.